Welcome to another inspiring podcast from C3 New Hope. For more information about our church and its locations, please visit our website at c3newhope.com.au. So we're in our second week of our series on foundations. And uh, I must say, I actually re-listened to my sermon from last week. And uh, I actually learned something, which was pretty good. Um, hopefully you were learning things from that as well um, on worship. But uh, today is on the Word, on the Word, the Word of God. Next week will be on prayer. And, uh, but, uh, you know, I was sitting down just praying this week and saying to God, okay, where, are we? where do you want me to go and what do you want me to say? And I just felt these words, the living Word. The living word is the word that we need to. <laughs> Bob the builders up the back. Uh, the living word. Like, um, the idea of what I felt like God wanted me to say is that the word is, it's alive. The word is alive, which means you can have interaction with it. Um, you're not reading from a reader's digest or a woman's day or a dictionary or just a novel. You can have encounters with novels because it's a story and it, you know, it makes you think and... But the Bible is the living Word of God, which means you can interact with it in a way that you can't interact with other literature, other books. Um, It has this ability to bring life into something that's dead. It has this ability to bring vision into something that has no vision. It gives you the ability to find out something about the character and who God is. But you've got to understand that the Word of God is alive. It breathes life into us. It is living and active. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. It says, for the Word of God is alive and active. The Word of God is alive and active. If, if you're reading the Word and it doesn't feel alive or active in your life, that quite possibly could be in the approach you're taking to it rather than the fact that it's not producing something. Because how we approach God is really, really important. How we approach the Word of God is really, really important. Because we can approach the Word of God for information. And I know a lot of people that do that. But the problem with information is that puffs people up. Information feeds into ego. And so I know something. I know the Scriptures. I know something secret about the Scriptures that nobody else knows. But I'm a teacher of the Word. And look, don't get me wrong. Um, Knowledge is not bad. Knowledge is good. But it's only good when it's not worshipped. And I've met a lot of people that have great knowledge in the Bible, but they worship the knowledge they have. And that becomes the problem. Because like last week we said, all right, It's about worshipping God first. It's great to have all these other things, but, you know, the worship of self, the worship of trees, all that kind of stuff, the problem with it is that it's worshipped. It in itself is not wrong. You should look after yourself. You should look after the planet, but it should not be worshipped. God is the only one in our world that should be worshipped. The same is here. Knowledge puffs up. It's not that knowledge is bad, but when it is worshipped, 
When, when I think I know everything and everybody else around me knows nothing, then there's a problem because I'm elevating myself. And nobody should be elevating themselves because they think their intellect is better than somebody else because we're called to be humble, right? So the Word of God is Jesus. In John 1 verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Next verse. He was with God in the beginning. Next verse. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. And in Him was life, and that life was the light of mankind. So what's this saying here? John is saying and he's tying Scripture into the, he's tying Scripture and Jesus together, saying that the Scripture is Jesus in word form. He's saying the Scripture is literally, not figuratively, but literally the words that you read in this book are Jesus. That's who Jesus is. You want to know who Jesus is? Read the Bible. Because in the Old Testament, Jesus is concealed, but He's there. In the New Testament, Jesus is revealed and we see Him clearly. But the whole Scripture, everything, every, the whole book, New and Old Testament, is Jesus in word form. Does that make sense? Right? So, and so if... If the Word is Jesus and Jesus rose again, so He's alive at the right hand of the Father in heaven, that tells me that the Word is living, right? Because we cannot detach this Word from Jesus because it is Jesus and He was with God in the beginning and all things that have been made have been made because of Him and through Him and anything that hasn't been made is because He hasn't made it yet. But the reality is that this Word is a living Word. So if it's living, let me ask you this, how do you interact with a living person? You talk to them? You have relationship with them? You connect with them? You don't like ignore them, right? Unless he's been really naughty, Phil, have you been naughty? (laughs) Always. (laughs) So the way, can you go in my bag, Em? There's a book in there I need to grab out. I forgot to get. (laughs) You're as bad as me now. (laughs) Sorry, guys. It'll be in here. Thank you. So we can have <laughs> we can have information or we can have relationship. But we must choose. And I've been saying for a long time, many years now in this church and for a long time, that the predominant need that we have is relationship. The key to unlocking scripture, the key to unlocking your relationship with like your life with Jesus as a Christian, the key to encountering God, the key to seeing God move in your life all comes down to how you approach the relationship you have with Him. So we'll either approach the Bible in looking for information or we can approach the Bible looking for relationship. And it's how we interact with the Word. It's how we approach God's Word and what we understand the Word of God to be 
as we approach it. So there are many that approach the Word as, you know, a great source of information. And, 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 and there's, like I said before, there's nothing wrong with that. There's great historical insight in the Bible that has never been proved wrong. But the reality is there's something much deeper at hand than just the face value of information that you're presented with in the Bible. Because the reality is I can argue with you with information into the Kingdom of God. I can get somebody that doesn't know God and I can convince them about this. I can argue them into the Kingdom of God with the right information. I could probably get them to come and be a part of this. But if I can do that, somebody else can argue with them and present information and draw them away from God. So, so if it was only just about information and that was the key, everybody would be saved because we'd be able to argue with them and be able to present the information and say, look, you're wrong, I'm right. And, and, but, but the reality is, is it goes deeper than that. And this is where some people get it wrong because we think if we just present the right scripture, that'll fix the problem in someone's life. But it's not about presenting just scripture, it's about presenting the person of the scripture. Am I, am I making sense? Yeah. So, so when we're trying to introduce somebody to scripture, what we're doing is introducing someone to Jesus. And we're saying, hey, come and meet somebody. Let me tell you about somebody. Because this is all about him. So the Bible says, for the word of God is living and it's active. Living, relationship is the key. Relationship leads us to asking deeper questions when we study the Bible. So some questions we can ask are like, what is the scripture saying to me? Which is a great question, but there's a deeper question. What is the scripture making me feel? And then why am I feeling that way? And then how, God, can I change my life to come into alignment with what you're saying to me? So often we go, oh, what is the Scripture saying? How does that? And look, this little thing on the back, this soap thing is like, you know, it's Scripture, observation, application and prayer. It's a very simple process, but it's a starting point. This should lead to deeper questions in our life. For proper formation to take place, we have to go deeper than just surface Bible study. I've met a lot of people that do Bible study, but their lives are not transformed. So they go to Bible study faithfully every week, turn up every week, but you know what? The next day they're out gossiping. The next day they're out talking about someone behind their back. The next day they're flipping somebody off in the car with a bird, They'll, whatever it may be. But I've met people, oh, Bible study is so, 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 so important. And it's true. But it's only important if it brings transformation. There's no point just studying the Scriptures if we're not trying to engage God to transform our life. Because it is only by Scripture that we are transformed. It has the power, Paul says, unto salvation. It has the power of transformation in it. Why? Because it is a written living, living word that is literally Jesus and Jesus is the only one that can transform a life. 
but it's in how we approach it. We must approach the Word through relationship. When we come to the Word, it's, it's not what does the Bible say, but Jesus, what are you saying to me? We personalise it. We put a name to the page. Jesus is speaking to me through His Word. That, that, that's why when we read the Word, it can speak to us. Who's ever had it happen? Where you're reading the Bible and all of a sudden a word jumps out at you or a part of a passage jumps off the page and it grabs your attention. That's where you're meant to stop. Why? Because, because some people go, oh no, I've got to keep reading because it's about information. I want to know the Scriptures. And that's great. You should know the Scriptures, but I would encourage you to stop where the Word becomes alive because it's in that moment God's voice is speaking and He's trying to say something to you and if you just skip over it, you're going to miss it. But if you stop and you meditate on that Scripture, and I'm not talking about Eastern meditation. I'm not talking about hmm, sitting under a triangle. Hmm. I'm not talking about going on a mountain. Hmm. Emptying my brain of everything. Some people are so open-minded, their brains are falling out on the ground and they're kicking them around like a soccer ball. I'm talking about Christian meditation. Right? The difference with Christian meditation is you fill your mind with Scripture and you think about it. You think about those words. You meditate on those words. What does God mean by that? What is He trying to say to me right now? Why am I feeling this way about that Scripture? Why, why is it making me feel this way? What is wrong here? Or what is right here? But it's asking these deeper questions of the Word of God. What in me needs to change so that what the Word says about me becomes reality? What does it mean when God says the Word of God is living and active? What do you... Is it... Is it living and active in my world? When I sit and read the Bible, is it alive? And if, it's, if, it, if it doesn't feel, then why do I feel like it's not alive? What's blocking the life coming into my world? What is it? And, you, and, and these questions are asked to God. God, what is it that's stopping that transformation from taking place? It's about interacting with the Word. There's a, um, let me just find. Where is it? So Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a German man, stood against the Nazi regime and eventually ended up losing his life because of it. But he was a great man of God. And he penned these words about the Word of God. He said, The Word of Scripture should never stop sounding in your ears and working in you all day long. Just like the words of someone you love, and just as you do not analyse the words of someone you love, but accept them as they are said to you. Accept the Word of Scripture and ponder it in your heart as Mary did. That is all. Do not ask, how shall I pass this on? But uh, what does this say to me? Then ponder his, this word long in your heart until it has gone right into you and taken possession of you. 
I love those words, just the whole idea of when God's speaking to you predominantly, He's speaking to you for you. It's not always about somebody else. Sometimes what we do is we take what God is saying to me and because I don't want to deal with it or it makes me feel uncomfortable or I don't know what to do with it because God has put a finger on something that has caused me to want to shrink away from it, we go, it must be for somebody else. So then I go to Adrian and say, Adrian, God gave me a word for you. Jesus is sitting there going, actually, it wasn't for him, it was for you. More often than not, even when I'm preaching, I find that what I'm preaching, God is speaking to me. And I often don't get up here and go, I've got this right, you've all got this wrong. Now listen to what God is saying to you. He's actually often, more often than not, I've talked to other preachers as well, and they say the same thing. Often what we preach, we're preaching to ourselves first, and you're getting the, the byproduct of that preaching. And, uh, why, and that's a good place to be, because we should all be like that. The second thing here is, it's the power for salvation. So the Word of God carries power to transform people's lives. So Paul said in Romans 1.16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. So what's Paul saying here? Or Hebrews, what's he saying here? Paul, sorry. He's saying the word, I'm not ashamed of the word because the word has power to transform people's lives. And not just those out there, but it has power to transform my life. And that's what devotion is all about. It's not just to have a word for everybody else, but for God's word to literally come inside of us and transform us into his likeness. So we study, we read the Word, we, we come to the Word and we speak to Jesus and we ask Him to talk to us and we meditate on Scripture. Why? Because we want to hear from God and be transformed. And through that transformation, others will see. As we live it out, others will be impacted and transformed. So Jesus said in Matthew 8, 8, he comes to a centurion and his servant is not well or sick or whatever or dying. And he says, Lord, do not de- I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word. Why did he say just say the word? Because the word is living and active. And if it's spoken... It accomplishes that which has been sent for. So the Bible tells us that the Word of God will accomplish, it will not come back to you, come back void, but it will accomplish that which it was set out for in the beginning. So we have this Word of God that is living and active. It's literally Jesus in in Word form that we are able to speak into a situation and it will bring life and transformation to it. So that means it doesn't matter what we're facing, 
what we're walking through, what we're currently confronted with, with the Word of God, the potential of transformation is always there. Always. There's not one thing that can't be transformed by the Word of God. Does that make sense? So it's living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates between uh, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. So not the mind, the heart. What's in the heart is what you believe, right? Once it gets in here, it becomes a belief system. And saying the Word of God can penetrate and divide that thoughts and, and the motivations and the attitudes of the heart. The things you believe that are not right, the Word of God is able to get in there. The, the idea is a sword, all right, that the Romans had developed. They had cutting on both sides, right? So it had a sharp edge on each side and a point. And so the Romans developed it and that sword changed the tide of war because it was, like a, it was like a massive breakthrough in warfare at that time. A sword that could cut when you go this way and when you go back. Up until that point, they only had swords that had a blade on one side, but it also had a point. And so it says that, you know, they've taken the illustration of a Roman sword and said that it can penetrate, it can push into the things that are the most, you know, even between the soul and the spirit. You know how hard it is for people to differentiate between the, the soul and the spirit? Often, and even the scriptures, like sometimes it refers to the spirit and the soul kind of very similar. But there is a difference between the soul and the spirit, right? The spirit is from God. It's, it, 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 it's, it's a whole different level of your life. The soul is your emotions and your feelings and, you know, just how you perceive the world and they're different. And the Word of God can separate them. And I think we need to learn to do that in the church because I think what we've done is we've not separated the soul and the spirit and we've elevated the spirit so high that we've missed the fact that emotional health and soul health and spiritual health and strength walk hand in hand. They go together. If one breaks, the other suffers. But it penetrates the thoughts and the attitude of the heart. I think we're just gonna land it there. Can I have the musicians come? Here's a, a good book I've been reading. It's a great book on um, sacred rhythms and formation. If you want to get it, you should grab it. It's written by a lady named uh, Ruth Haley Barton. And uh, it's really, really good stuff on, you know, all lots of different things. Oh, excuse me. To do with uh, formation and formation of our spirit and our soul and, you know, the Sabbath and all those sort um, 
reading scripture and prayer and silence and solitude. Well, when it comes to the Word, she talks about reading for relationship. And it says, she says this, she says, but the desire for intimacy moves us beyond fact-finding to seeking, understanding, connecting with a person emotionally and sensing our own response. Thus, when we read Scripture for relationship, we pay attention to our own inner dynamics and allow our responses to take place in the deeper levels of our being. We are open to a whole different set of questions, questions that help us to risk greater levels of truth, telling, sorry, truth, telling with ourselves and with God. In addition to asking, what does it say? What does it mean? How do I apply it to my life? All the questions that promote primarily cognitive activity allow us to remain firmly in control of the whole experience. We might ask instead, how do I feel about what what is being said? Where do I find myself resonating deeply? Where do I find myself resisting and pulling back, wrestling with the Scripture? Why do I feel this way? What aspect of my life or inner being is being touched or spoken to through the Scripture? And what do my reactions tell me about myself, my attitudes, my, relate, my uh, relation, relating patterns, my perspectives, my behaviour, my behaviours? Am I willing to look at that in the presence of God? So you see, when you start to come to the Scripture looking for relationship, it leads you to a deeper level of thinking, a deeper level of a questioning, a deeper level of connection that works deeper in your soul and your spirit to surface the things that are holding you back. You can't get that at a superficial level in Scripture. You have to be willing to go deeper. And the greatest thing is, you know, people are writing books on this stuff. You just get, if you don't fully understand, you, just, you can grab on someone's book that, has accomplished this in their life and, and learn from them on how to go deeper and how to hear God's voice in that setting. Fantastic. Praying that has been helpful for you today. Father, we just thank you right now. Let's just close our eyes. We thank you for your word, Lord. We have our trust and our hope in the words that you have spoken. Lord, we ask that your word would come alive in our times that we spend with you, our times that we read your word. Help us to approach it for relationship, Lord. Let us not just be a head full of information and knowledge. Because Lord, we know that experiential knowledge often trumps factual knowledge, information knowledge. Help us take the information we have, the knowledge we have. Help it come alive to us, Lord. We do thank you for the Word. We thank you that it is living and active. We thank you that, Lord, it does transform. It has power for transformation. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We hope you've been encouraged by this message. For more information about C3 New Hope and its locations, visit our website at c3newhope.com.au.